0: Today NCAA superstar athlete Joe Girard III, JG3, of the Syracuse Orange joins the show to discuss his hoops journey, life in the ACC, and making a positive impact in the community. As a hometown hero in the 518, JG3 has been a household name for quite some time, dating back to his high school days where he became the New York State basketball all-time leading scorer and then went on to win a state title on the court as well as the gridiron for Glens Falls High School. In this episode, I sit down and talk with Joe, who is a premier novice athlete, continuing to claim his crown both on and off the court. Now, as a senior leader for the Orange, JG3 is ready to light up the Carrier Dome once again for the Cuse this coming season. Joe has demonstrated that by using his platform to make a lasting impact in his hometown and beyond, that life is about living out the motto, Be Different. The humble, hardworking, confident, and gritty Syracuse guard is sure to fire you up in a new way. This episode is brought to you by Novice Clothing Company hometown crown welcome here to the life to the fullest podcast here today with joe gerard jg3 thanks for welcoming us up to glens falls new york part of the hometown crown segment of this podcast how you doing joe i'm good thanks for having me this is uh it's gonna be fun yeah i'm really excited to be here with you um we're out here in the upstate new york region certainly enjoyable time to be here in the summer 100 days of summer, got extended a little bit, mm-hmm. weather's been nice, Saratoga Racetrack, Lake George, a little boating,
1: what have you been up to so far? Honestly, just relaxing, playing some golf, um, you know, it's always good to get back here, It's uh, it seems like every time I've been back here uh, the past two years, it's only been when I've had COVID in the Christmas time, so I haven't really been able to enjoy it, um, but you know, with the schedule we have, uh, I try and take advantage of whenever we're allowed to come back, so I've just been golfing, uh, trying to see as many friends and cousins as I can since being home. And uh, honestly, just relaxing. That's awesome, yeah.
0: And we're really excited at Novice to um, be part of JG3 Shooting Stars Clinic coming up this summer. We're going to talk all about that and everything else going on. Big shout out to Novice Clothing Company, sponsor of the show, as well as the Visa Super Clean, doing a lot in the cleaning and restoration business. Certainly, a hometown crown. You have been somebody that has been in the epicenter, the forefront of people's minds, watching you growing up here in the 518, all throughout high school. Um, Certainly, JG3 is a staple name in the game of basketball. Um, New York State High School basketball, all time leading scorer, over 4,700 career points, nearly 2,000, more than the second highest all time. Um, The stats just They speak volumes to what you do on the court. Uh, It's just tremendous, the things that you continue to do. And then going on after winning the state championship for Glens Falls, the Mm -hmm. first ever 50-plus point performance, Mm -hmm. you go on to play at Syracuse. Um, It's just tremendous to see you continue to grow and accelerate. Um, I've been really privileged to watch you on the court as a novice athlete, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's really special to watch you take the floor. So going into, you know, this coming season, what are the, some of the stuff that really excites you the most?
1: Yeah, I think uh, obviously, you know, you get excited every season, but now this is kind of, you know, you're a senior, you're, uh, you've are you been in the locker room for three years now, you've kind of experienced everything that you could um, and beyond, even with, you know, going through COVID and, you know, during these times as a, a college athlete, that's me and everybody else in this world, um, but You've you've experienced a lot of things, and you kind of know what it takes to be successful at this level, and you know what it takes to be unsuccessful at this level. But as many people say, you can't really succeed without failing, and uh, you know you kind of learn that and understand that as a college athlete that you're always gonna you're gonna sometimes fail, but it's only gonna make you better. And I think going into next year, um, coming off the year we had, you know. Personally, I had a pretty good year and I was pretty, you know, uh, happy with the way I played, but it obviously didn't help us win, you know, as many games as we wanted to. So it just makes us hungrier. Um, You know, Syracuse isn't known for, you know, having those kinds of seasons. So we're really looking forward to getting back to the winning ways that we had my sophomore year going to the Sweet 16 and uh, being successful as a team. So I think that's just the biggest thing is being a senior. Um, you know, wanting to go out the best way possible and just being that leader for the new guys coming in as we have a lot of them. So I'm looking forward to stepping up as a leader and hopefully having, a, you know, even better season than last year.
0: Yeah, and, and certainly you did have a great junior campaign, averaging almost 14 points a game, um, shooting over 40 percent from three, which was tops in the ACC. Uh, top seven in steals, top ten in assists, um, and then also ranked one of the top 36 returning players in college basketball. So big time shout out Thanks, to you, um, and and you know being able to see you at the dome where there's 30,000 plus you know in the stands, and being there at the Jimmy V Classic where you almost. Uh, took down Nova went on Mm -hmm. to the final four really shows obviously your potential Mm -hmm. as a team and also just the fact that you're a true leader Um, and I really am am excited for you to enter this um, senior season now, certainly, Syracuse has always been my favorite college program, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for you to be a novice athlete, for me personally, is just amazing. Awesome, um, You know, as a kid growing up, I went mm-hmm. to Jim Boeheim's basketball yep, camp. Yeah, I heard all no, of that. No, went, was... <laughs> went into the Dome. You're playing there every night. You know, the electricity, mm-hmm. um, the fans, Big Orange Nation, mm-hmm. and uh, your dad also, yep. a, a great... College basketball player at Lemoyne, my alma mater. Yep, um, I played there. Division two basketball. He was a thousand point scorer. So you're coming from a great lineage right. of college basketball. Mm-hmm. Now, when the NIL began, we started talking about athletes. We started talking about, well, who are we going to try to pursue? Mm-hmm. And uh, you were top on our list, so we're really sure, grateful sure. Um, to be working with you and, and to seeing you grow. Mm-hmm. Some of the things I want to talk to you a little bit about today is, you know, for a lot of kids out there, younger players, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that they aspire to be. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them are dreaming, they're hoping that someday they can make it to the college basketball ranks maybe make it to division one basketball maybe be -hmm. able to play at the next level Mm -hmm. start talking about a little bit about you growing up and kind of how that formulated yeah your high school stardom then going to play acc hoops with the orange and then all ultimately
1: because you're more than just about the game of basketball you're about giving back to the community no doubt no doubt yeah um that's that's big time i mean you see all these guys i think even you know at the top of the top you know i was talking about you know LeBron James and Seth Curry's of the world, who you know are the best players, you know, to ever live. Sometimes, and even Michael Jordan, um, those guys are always giving back. Whether it's creating a school, creating foundations, all those kinds of things. So, I think it, the biggest thing is is someone who. I guess you can call it creates a platform for themselves and has a name for themselves. I think the biggest thing to do is trying to get that next kid to do the same thing, the ones coming up. And I think just being from somewhere like Glens Falls, um, you know, I'm, I take a lot of pride in that um, and seeing all these kids who are growing up now going to Glens Falls Super Hoopers um, coming to the camp that you guys helped me out with um, and doing all those things, you know, you're just trying to set those guys up to be successful as well. Um, And I think that's just one of the big things that comes with being an athlete and being at someone on this platform is, if you're gonna have all these younger kids and all these kids looking up to you and um, you know trying to be like you, you know why not help them out? And I think my grandparents, my grandma, my grandpa, um, you know, I, they had always said it's the little kids that make you big. Um, they had always kind of you know said that to me as I was going through high school, going through middle school, and trying and starting to get you know my name out there. They had always kind of said that and. At the time, I said, yeah, you're right, like, you know, didn't, didn't really think too much of it. I always, you know, would take pictures with the kids and talk to the kids and all that. But, you know, as I've gotten into college and even more, you know, experience in this, you know, industry, it, it's true. You know, those are the ones that are going to keep you relevant, are going to make sure that your name's still hot and, uh, you know, even support you in many ways that you don't even know. So it's always the, the things you don't see and always the things about giving back that are the best part about being, you know, um, in this industry and, in, and on the platform.
0: No, that's so well said. And having gotten to know you and your family over the course of the last year or so, you know, being with your parents at the game, um, your girlfriend and, and other members of your family, your uncles and cousins and whatnot, it's, it's really special to see what kind of family you have. <laughs> yeah. And it really makes sense. So what was life like in, in terms of basketball, you know, on the court for you as a young JG3? Because again, there's so many kids out there that are looking up to you, mm. seeing you play at the highest level and a lot of times they're dreaming, they're trying to become great, but they don't understand truly what takes the recipe for success.
1: Yeah, growing up, um, I was blessed into a family, like you said, that, you know, had a lot of athletes, and, you know, I had a lot of people around me, my grandpa had 13 brothers and sisters, Um, one of his brothers had 13 kids. So I was just, and then obviously the rest of them had, you know, so on and so forth. So I was just born into a a big family where there was always a Gerard next to me, uh, Gerard in front of me, Gerard behind me, all those kinds of things. So um, I was born into an athletic family, but um, I think the biggest thing that that taught me was to be a competitor. And you know, I had to work for everything um, that I wanted. And you know, there was, if it wasn't me, it was them that was going to beat me. but. You know, just the competitive nature that we all had. We always wanted to be the, you know, the first ones to win or the first ones to finish our food or get the highest grade on the test, whatever it was. And I think just having that competitive nature, um, you know, took me to another level of being an athlete. But at the same time, it was the hard work that, you know, I had to put in to do that. Um, I understood that these guys are on my team. These guys are my cousins. You know, I'm going to fight for them to the end of it. But if I want to be the best, I got to work a lot harder than, you know, Them or even the opponent that we're going to play against. So I think just working hard and having that competitive edge that, you know, you always want to be the best. And it's always – sometimes people can confuse it for being cocky. Mm. And, you know, sometimes it's not cocky, it's confident is what we used to say, you know, back in high school with our team is like, you know, you got to go out there thinking that you're going to win the game or you got to go out there thinking that you guys are the best team, you know, on the floor that night. And I think that a lot of times as a young, you know, athlete, the biggest thing is confidence with these kids. And, you know, people don't really give them – uh, people think that yelling at them is going to give them the, the sense of urgency to go get it but I mean a lot of times it's just about you know bringing them up you know, when they're down especially in times when it's rough uh, but the confidence key, the confidence factor is the biggest. The biggest key and thing I think I can tell somebody is just to have.
0: Yeah, I mean that's tremendous advice for those young uh, ball players out there because having that confidence, believing in yourself, and then also, you know, really uh, making sure that you're believing in those that are on your team, Mm -hmm. right? And and building people up and and as a team, I mean, you said it really well. That's what it takes to not only be good but really to be great. Great, no doubt. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things, obviously, that we're really impressed with, with you particularly as an athlete, you know, from your humble demeanor, Thank you me. know, and you're somebody who's super confident, too, because yeah. you have to have that to play at that next level. You display great leadership and uncanny ability really to be calm during adverse situations and mm-hmm. pressure moments. I mean, I, I know there's been a number of games this year where it's on the line, you're hitting those free throws at yeah. the end yes, to lead your team to victory. Mm-hmm. And you also bring a lot of energy and enthusiasm, yeah. and I love <laughs> That, the passion of yes, the sir. game and that's tremendous what has been you what you think is the biggest x factor you can attribute right to handling all the hype mm-hmm. all of the expectations right but still having that confidence that you talked about to be one of the best in mm-hmm. the acc
1: yeah again i think it just goes back to my upbringing kind of um you know again i was blessed like i said with having all that family around me but i had um I had entered this Elks Hoop Shoot competition back when I was really young, ages from, I think, nine to 13, and I had actually won the national championship, Um, and I got my name in the Hall of Fame and all that stuff, but that really taught me, like, what pressure was. You know, I'm out there by myself as a 9, 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old kid competing against, you know, all the other best in the country, but there's nobody there who can shoot the ball for me. There's nobody there who's going to help me uh, make the next shot, and I think that, at that moment, you know, because you go shoot, you go shoot ten shots, then you let the rest of the kids shoot ten shots, then you go shoot fifteen, and the rest of the kids shoot fifteen. So you're you're sitting there more than you're shooting. Um, so I think, and then the whole time you're thinking about how many they're making, but in reality, you're just thinking about you know your next shot and how how you have to keep poised. But even through high school and then through middle school, I think I had a lot of great coaches and a lot of great teammates that you know were always you know there for me. Um, you know, they always like I said, brought me up when I was down and. I've been through a lot of tough situations with them. I bet the low of the lows and the high of the highs. So I just think all the, all the experiences that I've had playing basketball, even playing football um, and doing all those things and playing all these sports just helped me get to the point where I'm at. And uh, the more things you experience, uh, I think the better off you'll be and the more you can learn.
0: Yeah, that, that's awesome <clears throat> because you had to have that laser-sharp focus mm-hmm. and keep it in perspective, right. right? A lot of people don't realize you got to control what you can control. And when yeah. the ball's in your court, when you're at the <clears throat> line, if if you practice, if you're prepared, mm-hmm. man, it's go time. You're ready to sink those things. No doubt, yeah. And, and, and that's the poise that really <clears throat> demonstrates itself. But it's it's interesting and doesn't surprise me that that was the case with you then. And, mm-hmm. and it still is the case today sure. because you want the ball at the end of the game. Yeah. A, a lot of people, <laughs> even NBA players, there are some that are nervous with the ball mm-hmm. at the end of the
1: game. You could tell, right? Yeah. You and they could, have to come into their own, but you want it. And you could tell that you've played basketball yourself because, you know, that's the thing that... Your coach is gonna tell you. Your teammates, your brothers, your sisters, your cousins are gonna tell you. My dad's told me since I've been ten years old if if you want to be a great player, not just a good player, you want to be a great player. You gotta play your best against the best teams. You gotta play against best against the the bigger schools. You gotta play your best against the um, the better players, not against the you know not not to put anyone down, but the lesser teams or the lesser players because um, you know that's great for your ego for about an hour or two after the game, but, uh, the next day at practice or the next game, it's not going to help you out very much when you're playing against, you know, some team that might be better or some player that might be better than you. Um, but my dad, like, like you kind of just said, it's, it's about what you do, um, in those situations. And if, if, if you're the one wanting the ball, um, you, you're the one who the team's relying on. Usually you're, you know, in a good, pretty, pretty successful situation if you're being confident again.
0: Absolutely. So <clears throat> after you win the New York State High School Championship for Glens Falls, you sign with Syracuse, you start mm-hmm. doing your thing out there, and at this point, JG3 not only is on the rise, but people certainly have taken notice, right? Mm-hmm. You, you've gone on, and, I mean, you were scoring almost – 50 points a game like that. That to me is just ridiculous. Okay, (laughs) Yeah. Um, And and maybe now it seems like a long time ago for you because a lot has happened in between. Mm -hmm. But the thing about it is you continue to be this dynamic leader and you go to Syracuse and right away you jump right in and Mm -hmm. you're like, all right, I want to get after I'm going to be a great teammate and I'm going to do whatever it takes to help our team succeed. Right, you're cool, calm, and collected. So, what does this transition from high school basketball look like to the ACC? Because you mentioned, if you want to be the best, you have to play against the best, and you gotta be ready for it when it comes.
1: Yeah, it's a big transition. I think, um, especially coming from a public school uh, all the way to the ACC, I think that's why um, you know a lot of kids nowadays are going to prep school because they think it's gonna be an easier transition. But honestly, I've seen, I've seen. Kids ranked in the top 100 who, you know, sometimes don't make it, unfortunately, because, you know, their transition wasn't as easy as they thought it would be. But I think the biggest thing in transition-wise for for me personally in college basketball, the biggest thing was understanding that it's a, jo- it's a job. Um, there was days, and there still is days, even as a senior, but right, as a freshman, you don't really understand it. You can leave your, you know, apartment room at 8 a.m. and not get back till 9 p.m. at night because you're going to classes all day. You're still a student. you got to go to classes all day. You got to go to workouts all day, you got to go to meetings all day, you got to lift and you got to go to practice on top of going to study halls and tutors and all that stuff that, you know, the school thankfully provides for you to help you be successful in the classroom as well. But that's a whole day of work. And, you know, now you're getting paid for it a little bit. But, you know, it's 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 a job without being called a job. Um, So you're a student athlete. It's a daily thing. And that happens five, six times a week. You know, it's not it's not something that'll happen once or twice a week. That happens every single day, um, and you got to be up and do it day in and day out. You know, you got to wake up the next day and do this whole thing over again. And you can't if you slack one time, the guy's gonna kick your job. So, I think that was the biggest thing for me. Uh, the biggest transition, the biggest not that it hurt me, but the thing that I really needed to understand because I had worked hard previously in in high school. Don't get me wrong, I would go to school all day and go to practice, but. I had a routine, a set schedule where I knew, all right, I'm gonna go to school for these nine periods. I'm gonna go to practice. I'm gonna work out after, and then I'm gonna come home and go to dinner, or whatever, and then do my homework, go to bed. But it wasn't as, as uh, I guess, intense mm. as you know, you really understand it is in college. But um, it was good for me to kind of once you know, I had a lot of fun scoring fifty points a game. Don't get me wrong, and you know, winning a lot of games, at state championships. But I was excited because I kind of got a new start, you know, at Syracuse. A lot of people kind of. Some had these expectations for me to be great. Some had these expectations for me to, you know, have a downfall because it was a whole different, you know, uh, competition level. So I was excited because I had a new start. I had a new mindset that uh, there was five other guards on the roster, and I had to, you know, work my way up to become the number one or number two guard on the team to be able to, you know, play minutes that I wanted to get. And uh, eventually earned Coach Bayham's Trust. Uh, But that was all because, again, my mindset going in, starting over, I have the confidence that, you know, this is going to be exciting for me and I'm going to have an opportunity to play at Point Guard U, they call it, and uh, for a Hall of Fame coach who's one of the best ever. And uh, it was exciting for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, tremendous discipline right. that it takes, right? To yeah. do this day in and day out. And I think uh, the youth of America can learn from that because mm-hmm. we're not talking about video games, kids. No. Right? <laughs> not this a lot of 2K, that at no. all. No, no, this is about being the 2K <laughs> yeah, on yeah, the court. You see 2K and you play your My
1: <laughs> Player and you see the daily thing, they go through It's It's totally different. <laughs>
0: yeah, but in all seriousness, though, having that focus, having that intentionality. Putting in the work, as you talked about before, that's what it takes. Now, later on this summer, again, you're going to be taking some classes. You're going to be Mm -hmm. getting prepared, right, to get ready for the next season. Um, Maybe you could take us quick, really fast through a day in the life of JG3 as we're getting ready for the season. Because I know a lot of people, you mentioned the schedule during the Mm -hmm. season. But what does it look like now as you're training and getting ready to – because during the offseason, right, that's where champions are born. We all know that. No doubt, because that because you're, you're doing this individually, mm-hmm. right, and your teammates are, right. and then collectively you come together and then mm-hmm. you start it all over
1: again. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I mean, so I could give you a rundown for my days here at home, you know, the few weeks that I get. You know, it's pretty much, you know, wake up, have some breakfast, go get a lift in, um, you know, try and do some conditioning or whatever, and uh, thankfully our strength and decondition coach will send me a sheet of things he wants me to do here at home so I can follow that and then uh, go to the gym later that night. Uh, with my dad and get a basketball workout in as well and try and find some pickup wherever it could be you know whether it's trying to run some things down at Crandall Park or you know with some of my cousins and friends at the YMCA or local gyms around here but uh, the more structured one you know at at school during the summer sessions is a lot more you know you know Syracuse basketball you know style things Um, in the morning uh, you wake right up you got to go to the gym um, you get a workout in with your position coach so for me I'm a guards uh, and it's GMAC you know Jerry McNamara so he has two separate times, you know, you go for an hour with him, uh, it'll be, you know, with the new incoming freshmen will probably be two of us at a time and then the next two go after you. But the the opposite group will be in the weight room during that time, you know, doing lifting and, uh, you know, specific things for whatever they need to improve upon for that, you know, upcoming season. And then the, later in that afternoon, you'll come together as a team and do some conditioning stuff, whether it's going to be running, uh, going outside, doing some things like that, treadmills, all that kind of things. And get that to you know flow through, and I think I don't know the exact rule, but I think it's like once a week or something. You'll have a team practice um, in the summer, so and it's good because you know with a lot of the new guys coming in, it's it's gonna be a quick transition for them. Like I said, we got six incoming freshmen, so and as a freshman, the hardest thing is your transition. So mm-hmm. it'll be good for them to learn it right away, um, and I think that's why we go to both summer sessions because uh, you know coach coach relies on his players. It's a players program, and coach relies on his players a lot. So he wants them to kind of Learn it in the beginning, and then as the season comes, he's gonna rely on you to pretty much know where you gotta be and know what you gotta do throughout the throughout the day and throughout the year. So, uh, but the daily schedule, like I said, it, it, in the summer it's not probably eight to eight; it's probably more uh, eight to three eight to four. Um, but it's still a grind, and you know you gotta do it every single day.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thanks for taking us through that. Now, you mentioned, obviously, leadership, right? It's a player-run program. Um, There's going to be a lot of emphasis on someone like yourself going back and having that leadership to take the younger players under your wing. Now, thinking about your first three years, and even back into high school, who can you name as maybe some of the greatest mentors and influencers? I mean, yeah. obviously, your dad has had a tremendous impact sure. on you. Mm-hmm. But if there's any coaches that have really helped to, you know, form that foundation, who you are today, not only just as a player, but also as a successful man.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, first and foremost, you hit on the head my dad. He's done everything with me, whether it be baseball, football, basketball growing up, whatever it was, he was the one who was always in the gym with me or working out with me, taking me there. Um, my mom also she drove me everywhere I could imagine to whatever workout it was whether it was going to Schenectady late at night to bring me to the gym to work out or anything. So those two both definitely had a big impact. Um, I think coaching wise, uh, I'd have to say both of my high school coaches. You know, Coach Lilac, the varsity football coach at Glens Falls, he was uh, he was a big component in you know my football you know career, obviously, but also as a man, he he. Uh, He's one. I say it to this day, he's one of the best, you know, New York State high school coaches of all time. Um, you're not just saying that because he's won two state championships. He brought another team there, you know, way back in 2012 too. But um, he, 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 he kind of relies on his players a lot too. But he also has a structure and a program to where it's almost almost like a college system. You know, I've been around the college guys, you know, at Syracuse, and I've seen what they do, and it's a lot similar to what we were doing in Glens Falls. Um, but he, he relies a lot on his players, and he kind of trusts. He's that like coach Bam. He trusts you. You know, if he, if you. He would ask us sometimes, you know, what, what play he thinks we should run here or what's been working or what's going on there. So he did a great job of, you know, really understanding and trusting and fighting for his players. And I think that's something that everybody loves in Glens Falls and why he's been there so so long and been so successful there is because of that. Um, and then obviously my high school basketball coach, Rob Gerard, who's also my cousin, um, you know, the base thing with him is is toughness. Um, my dad used to tell me stories about when they would play back in high school at St. Mary's for my, my grandpa. Uh, Rob was always that tough guy. He was always that guy who was going to go out and guard the other team's best player, um, the guy who's going to sometimes get too uh, too much under the other guy's skin and get something riled up. But it's just the way he was, and that's the way he also coached. And I think that's why we all, you know, he would get on us real hard, but that's why we listened to him is because we knew that, you know, he, he's not telling us to do something that he had never done before or acted before. And, yeah, yeah. He's a Gerard. He's probably a little bit of a hothead out on the court, but that's just the way he is, and that's the way that you know our team kind of followed his lead, and that's why we were successful. Is because we all went out there with that tough, tough set, tough guy kind of mindset, and it it also it always helped us, honestly.
0: No, it's interesting that you mentioned those qualities: toughness, mm-hmm. trust, and obviously hard work. Right. We're gonna take a quick commercial break, and when we get back, we're gonna talk to Joe about becoming a novice athlete and all he's doing to make an impact in the community off the court. The Life to the Fool's podcast on the EF3 Life platform is brought to you by Novice Clothing Company. Novice prides itself on custom apparel with a fresh look. Outfitting programs from youth sports to the pros, looking fresh and performing at a high level never looked or felt so good. So many sports teams are rocking the crown on their chest because they desire to be outfitted by the best. Novice is proud to be partnering with premier athletes such as Joe Girard III, a.k.a. JG3, as well as Harrison Bucker of the Super Bowl-winning Kansas City Chiefs. It's time to visit noviceclothingcompany.com and follow them on social media at noviceclothing.co to learn more about great events coming up this summer, like the Cat Volleyball Tournament put on by Novice and the American Cancer Society to spike out cancer. Join them this summer on July 14th to make an impact. Choose novice. Claim your crown. welcome back here to the life to the fullest podcast i'm here with joe gerard we're up in glens falls discussing a lot of amazing impactful ways that joe continues to make a difference not only on the court but off the court and certainly as a novice athlete we love celebrating our hometown athletes that's where our hometown crown was born you know celebrating those in the 518 who are doing big time things on and off the playing surface. Clearly, you have shined. Uh, You still are not even close to being done when it comes to your playing days in the college level and then everything that's going to happen from then on out. Um, Certainly, it's been amazing cultivating this relationship, getting to know you on and off the court. And uh, doing the JG3 custom apparel has Same. been a lot of fun. <laughs> um, you know, you're you know rocking the, the tees, the jerseys, yep. uh, hoodies. Um, there's going to be a lot more to come for that as well this coming season. Mm-hmm. Now, last year, you held JG3 Shooting Stars Clinic. And this year, it's going to happen bigger and better than ever. Without. I want you to tell us a little bit about how this event evolved, how it came to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to happen this year, August 20th. We're really excited for it. Mm-hmm. And to see all the awesome things you continue to do to give back to the
1: community, yeah. For me, that's pretty much all it's about—is giving back to the community. Um, we talked about that earlier, but I think when you know, when I was a kid, I always went to the Super Hoop Glens Falls Super Hooper Camp. I always went to, you know, I went to Greg Kubek's camp, you know, a year or two, um, and I always remember seeing, you know, at Glens Falls the the Super Hooper Camp. Uh, this was when Jimmer was back in, you know, his college days and his pro days. Um, he would come back, he'd say what's up to all the kids, and obviously he'd run his little uh, Jimmer camps here and there. Um, and It was just something that I always kind of, you know, back then I didn't really think much about it. I didn't think about doing it, but as I got older and, you know, thought more about it, it was always something I kind of wanted to do, something that I thought would be cool. Um, and, you know, thankfully I've worked hard enough to try and, you know, get myself to that platform. And, you know, with having a platform like Syracuse, it's, it's gave me a lot of attention to have a camp myself. So I, I really look forward to it. Um, last year was really fun for me, even though it was... You know COVID and everything, but this year I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, you know we got a lot of great people helping us out, with, you, you guys included, novice included. Um, my parents have done a really he- a great job with it. Like you said, my girlfriend helped out too, um, and then my cousins and uncles—they do a really good job helping me out as well. But I think the the uh, the common theme with all of us, you know, with you guys, my, my and my family and I, um, is we all are always trying to help the next the next kid coming up. Um, and I think that's like we talked about earlier, and I think that's why it's so fun to do these, is because not only are we having fun doing it, but these kids are also having fun participating. So it's always good to see those guys have fun. And I'm looking forward to getting back out there and doing it again, like you said, on August 20th.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be awesome. We got uh, girls and boys clinics yep. on both sides of the day. Um, it's going to be drills and skills, small group instruction, one-on-one intention. They're going to be able to play five-on-five. And then they're also going to experience a live workout where you yep. you know, go through the training session. You show right. that hard work and determination mm-hmm. and then answer some questions. I mean... When I think about being a kid and, and some of the athletes I looked up to and then, like I mentioned, going to Jim Bayheim's Big Orange Basketball Camp, yeah. you see the players out there, you're just kind of like in awe, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, like, I remember going there and I was in fifth grade uh-huh. and you're seeing these guys that you're watching on TV. Yeah, right. <laughs> and now you're doing it in your hometown. The yeah. Kids from all over the region can come and watch you and, and uh-huh. interact and it's a really cool thing. Now, obviously, um, it's going to be a ton of fun. And it certainly is something that's important to give back. Mm-hmm. But in order to get to that place in your life, a lot of times we have to, as athletes, you know, overcome certain adversity, mm-hmm. right? Everybody's gonna face it. And I think this is something that you kind of explain to kids too with the pain points in training and going yeah. through, you know, the the ranks and and having to work your way up. Mm-hmm. And certainly to become great, you grow from those things. Mm-hmm. I have to do something here and turn back the clock because I remember back in my junior year, mm-hmm. right? LeMoyne played Syracuse at the Dome 2008 Mm -hmm. and we lost by 50 points (laughs) all right can you imagine that yeah well you can't because that would never happen right (laughs) but but here's the thing all right at that time Johnny Flynn Eric Devendorf, Orenzi Anahuaku Paul Harris really household names right Mm -hmm. among Orange Nation great players we go into the building and get trounced yeah all right it was deflating Mm -hmm. to say the least one of the things that I can think about though is what it left in our minds in order right. to come back and bounce back yeah and and we did have that victory the next year eighty-two yeah. seventy-nine. but the reason why i bring that up is because adversity oftentimes bears a fruit of a crown claiming moment right. right something where you can look back and say hey i faced this but then it was like a pivotal turning point or something that fired me up in order to get me propelling in the right direction yeah in your life how about you has mm. there ever been like something that you know has been hard or, or difficult that has been like the fuel to your fire
1: yeah i could name a few honestly just that come to mind real quick and i think it's it's just because you know i've probably had these thoughts and i had these conversations before with my my dad or whatever and uh coaches but um like you talk about you got to fail to succeed and i think that's like you said you kind of get fueled by it but i think two that come to mind just from high school is my, my sophomore year of high school we had just Won the state championship in football, went undefeated. Um, we had two really great classes ahead of me. Was, I was a sophomore. The junior class was really great athletes, and the senior class was really great athletes. So us all together was you know pretty good. So we wanted we won the the state championship in football my sophomore year, undefeated season. Um, and we started off the basketball season twenty five and zero, number one in the state, ranked all this kind of things. We're going into the state playoffs. It's probably we probably got to win two or three more games just to win the state championship. And uh, we're playing this team that we had played first game in the season. After we had just got done with football, we played them three days after the state championship football game. So we had no practices in basketball or anything. And we, we had beat them by 15. And uh, we come into this game and, uh, you know, you kind of just show up. <laughs> you know, you've already beaten them. Um, you're number one in the state. You're undefeated. And you kind of you know, beat them with one leg pretty much when you didn't you didn't really practice. But So we go into this game and we end up losing. And, you know, it's it's, it's a killer. You know, you're – three games away from the state championship, the goal you've dreamed about with all your cousins, all your family and your friends, you know, that you've always talked about your whole life, you know, and to be, I don't know, there's not many schools that have won a football and basketball state championship in the same year. So we had lost. And I think just from then on, the kind of, that was when I was a sophomore and the next year, I kind of, you know, as a junior was when I first, you know, got back on the scene because I had worked so hard and kind of was in my mind that, you know, I didn't want to let anybody down didn't want to lose any more games like that and kind of be in that situation before and uh, You know unfortunately, I didn't win in my junior year But then it just kept adding to the fuel of the fire and all that kind of stuff and then just being determined to win a state Championship before I got out of high school in basketball mm. um, And I, and it happened my senior year fortunately, but I think that was definitely the moment um, in basketball wise where that had happened and then again my another one in high school that happened was my junior year of football Like I said, we just came back um my sophomore year, one one undefeated in football, the state championship. My junior year, uh, we start undefeated in, in football as well. Number one in the state again, and we're in the state semifinals. And we beat this team the year before in the state semifinals. The same team. We beat them 61 to 12 or something crazy. And uh, you know, we just ended up showing up again, and we lost 21-7. Wow. And you know, it left a terrible taste in your mouth because mm-hmm. again, you're one game away from the state championship. Would have been the only two, only team in a while to go back to back and state championship around the whole area, and uh, unfortunately we, like I said, just kind of showed up, and then it was just, it was resilience for the next year. You know, as a senior, wanted to get that. La- you know, this is the last time I'm ever playing football. You know, I'm already know that I'm going to play basketball in college. I'm done with football after this year, and it was kind of just that fuel and the little chip on your shoulder to pretty much, um, come back and have that successful season and win a state championship again. And fortunately, we did in my sophomore year, but. College-wise, I think just the biggest thing was, you know, my sophomore years in the COVID year. It didn't really go so well for me, you know, with all sorts of, you know, athletically, mentally, all that kind of thing. It wasn't very um, – the way I wanted it to go or the way I expected it to go um, in all aspects, honestly, until probably the end of February, um, started getting a little bit more confident, all that kind of stuff, trying to have fun playing basketball again, and then obviously went to the Sweet 16. But I think that whole year and just hearing everything that was being said and just all the – the way even I, you know, look back on it myself and looking at it was – pretty uh, not to say that I was pretty angry with myself and even angry with the way that it went. So it just let the again another chip on my shoulder for you know this past year and obviously it didn't go successful team wise but you know personally I pretty much had kind of solidified and was satisfied with the way that I bounced back from the year before.
0: Yeah I mean all that what well, you say they're humbling and sobering moments. Yeah. I think a lot of times in our life whether we're talking about athletics or talking about life in general, people are going to face mm. adversity, you're going to face some hardship, and it's how you respond to it. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said there is so powerful, because people who are listening to this can understand that no matter how great you are, even at a sport, or anything that you do in your life, if you continue to pursue it, and then you use maybe these setbacks, right mm-hmm. to fire you up to be better. Yeah you're just going to be growing from it right yeah. we we grow through what we go through exactly, and yeah. and and it's huge because it can't be said enough you know a lot of times we can look back at successes and and that can help us to understand that we can have greater successes yeah. but i've found that in my own life and 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 those who have you know emulated just greatness that they look back at those adverse times when they get to a pain point situation where they're almost like wow, I can't believe that that just happened. But now what am I going to do about it? And the way that you responded to that is awesome Mm -hmm. and and certainly has propelled you to be highly successful. You're doing things different, Mm -hmm. clearly, right? Your hashtag is be different. I want you to talk a little bit about this motto, this mantra, because it's not something that you just say. Yeah, a lot of people have things that they say. Yeah, a lot of things that you know they they like to talk about, but you're really being about it. You're a mm-hmm. faithful guy. You're somebody who wants to give back. Yep, and you're living that be
1: different lifestyle. Yeah, uh, that started back in high school, back probably within that sophomore year of high school, or freshman year of high school. I think um, I had kind of just said it one day to myself, you know, because that was around the time where prep schools became a big thing. Um, and, you know, a lot of kids who uh, i played AU if they were at the public school at the time, but then they, they started going to prep school and they started doing this and that because, you know, they wanted to get ranked. They want to do all these things, but um, you know, I had a few chances to go to prep school, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really think too much of it. I think too seriously of it because I just felt like I, I'm in Glens Falls. I'm with my family. I'm graduating with, you know, seven or eight cousins of mine. Um, I'm playing from my cousins who are my coaches. And, mm-hmm. Not only do I not want to let them down, I also don't want to hear it from them if I leave. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I I didn't want to let them down, but also I wanted to kind of do it my own way. I wanted to make it to, you know, Syracuse my own way. I wanted to make it to being ranked or getting all these offers my own way and be different than everybody else because just because they were doing it that way doesn't mean I have to. And I think it was kind of more of, at the time, I wanted to make a name for myself, doing it my way and doing it uh, – at Guns Falls or doing it at with my cousins, doing it at a public school and doing it my own way so that I can one day win state championships and have those memories forever that these kids who go to prep school probably aren't going to have. Mm. Um, and, you know, also um, now being at Syracuse, I still live through being different because I'm six foot one. let let's be honest. There's a lot of guys who play basketball who are a lot bigger than me, a lot stronger, a lot faster and, you know, taller and all that things. I have to find different ways in the game to – even psych myself out if I'm going into a court against someone who's going to be bigger than me, I got to tell myself, oh, I'm better than this kid anyways, you know. So it's just about finding ways to be on the court and be different with it um, just to be successful. So I think it just kind of came in high school with having that kind of moxie about me and moxie about my team that, you know, we and I were going to be different and do things our own way and become successful that way and make kind of our own path because uh, kind of just because we could if we if we all put our minds to it, honestly.
0: No, I love it. Walking with a swagger, right, and making your own path. You mentioned that. A lot of times nowadays, especially in this generation, everybody's looking over their shoulder. They're looking Mm -hmm. to the left, to the right. Who's doing this? How are they going to be the same as somebody else? How can they stack up against that other person? but paving your own path, right? Mm-hmm. If you have you know, <clears throat> something that you really aspire to, if you really desire it, you really dream it, you want it bad enough, you mentioned that in the first part of the podcast, yeah. you'll be willing to do anything that it takes yep. to get there. Now, you've done that, right? Mm-hmm. You've done it in high school, you're doing it now in college, and and the greatest thing that I really am learning as this whole thing is developing and watching you play and progress, and mm-hmm. obviously I've seen tons of videos watching mm-hmm. you in, in high school and, and follow you th- all throughout college, is that not only are you being different as an athlete on the court, you're doing it off the court, but it's also your humbleness. Mm-hmm. And that, that's you. an attribute that really is something that needs to be celebrated because mm. a lot of times people, you know, when they get to this big platform, this mm-hmm. stardom, it can get to them, right? But it ultimately goes back to where your roots are mm-hmm. and the family natureness, no sh- and understand that you're trying to share this, right, with everybody. Yeah. You mentioned that about the prep school thing mm-hmm. and staying here in Glens Falls, the hometown, the small town, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's really cool.
1: Yeah, I, my name's a big part of me, and I'm my, my last name. It's something that I take with pride, and being from Glens Falls is something I take with pride. A lot of times, even now, I'll still hear, "Oh, you came from little old Glens Falls," like you know, you this, that, and the other thing, and I'm like thinking to myself how how much it really, you know, gets me mad inside. But, you know, I don't want to show it too much. But it actually does, you know, because I take a lot of pride in it. Uh, I know the people from here take a lot of pride in it. And my family members doing. you know, I had to be humble because, honestly, um, <laughs> my cousin would beat me up or something if I didn't. You know, we like I said, we grew up playing backyard football or mini hoop basketball or pickup basketball on our courts out back um, or even at the park. And I just kind of grew up in a way where – uh, if someone scores on me, they're gonna let me know about it. But if I score on them, you know, I can, I can let them know about it too. But at the same time, it's it's humbling to know that you know they're gonna talk to me the same way that I'm gonna talk to them. You know, it's not me just talking to them and them you know shying away from it just because I may have some sort of name in in the public aspect. But it's the same kind of thing. And I think I was always kind of just humbled by the experiences that I had back here at home. Uh, my parents wouldn't let me get too big for my britches, and um, neither were my grandparents or my family members. So. I relied on a lot of people around me that you know kept me grounded and i think that's a big reason for why i, I was successful in that aspect uh, and kind of just like my grandma grandma grandpa said you know it's the little people that make you big um mm. you can't be too too big for them um you can't be too cocky for them and uh you can be confident there's nothing wrong with being confident but once you get to that point and crossing crossing the line to uh that's when you get uh, going down the wrong path.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why Glens Falls loves you so much, right? I mean, you keep coming back, you're giving back, and it's part of who you are, and I think that's a a great thing to celebrate. Now, certainly, again, we're looking forward to um, the the clinic this summer, JG3 Shooting Stars Clinic. You've also been very gracious to to help out with uh, another event that we're running here Mm -hmm. um, to help, Spike out cancer, yeah. and uh, you've generously are uh, donating some signed apparel yep. to help us win the fight against cancer, and that's um, in the novice cap volleyball tournament. is going to happen in July 14th. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of great things happening <clears throat> in the capital region. You're here, we're celebrating it, and certainly we're really excited. Again, once you know that ball drops in November, mm-hmm. yeah, tip off, um, watching you take you know the court again and and doing big things for. For Syracuse.
1: Thank you, yeah. I mean, there's a big shout out to Novice for sure. Um, you know, when coming into NIL it was pretty new. Um, right when we got a a, you know, a partner with you, but uh I didn't want to partner just with anybody, you know. I just you know, there was probably a few opportunities here and there where, you know, I could have went out of my way to try and look for, you know, some whether it was apparel companies or something else. You know, I could've you know, try and go out of your way like a lot of these athletes did. But um honestly there was my parents and I who, you know, are kinda handling my NIL, it's just about having that right fit, you know, and you know, being uh, networking with people and having these partnerships with people where, who actually care about what they do and care about what you do, are faithful in what they do. And, uh, that's why Adnanos is so great. And I think it's because the partnership has been so well is because, like I said, we, we care about what we do on my end, whether it's basketball, life, whatever, and you guys care about what you do on your end. So it's, uh, it's been a fun partnership for sure. And I, I've really enjoyed it a lot just because of that. And honestly, um, you know, like I said, I, I we thoroughly think about you know who we want to partner with, and you guys have definitely been um, we're right at the top of the list when we heard about all the things and you know read through all the all the stuff that you guys do for the community as well.
0: Oh, we really appreciate that. We appreciate the accolades, and um, certainly the best is still yet to come. For sure. Um, So certainly it was uh, amazing for you to join us today here on the podcast, and we're grateful for your time. We're really excited for what is to come for this coming basketball season, the rest of the summer to Mm -hmm. continue to develop. Make sure to follow Joe at JG3 on social media, see all the things that he's doing in Big Orange Nation. Mm -hmm. Um, We wish you all the best. Keep training hard. Maybe take a little time uh, oh, yeah. you know, to get out there onto the lake yep. or have some fun this summer. But uh, certainly, you are truly a hometown hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are very grateful for all that you're doing on and off the court.
1: And um, shout out to your entire family for being part of this. Appreciate it. Shout out to you guys as well. Novice has always been great to us. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the camp August 20th. And everything we got in store with Novice for sure coming soon, whether it be now or you know during the season. So I'm looking forward to it. Thanks again. And go Cues.
0: Awesome. That's a wrap, folks. Another legendary episode, JG3 Syracuse Orange, 518 hometown Hero. Until next time, be different, keep living life to the fullest. Well, thanks again for tuning in, everyone. This has been a special edition episode of Hometown Crown, where Novice Clothing Company celebrates athletes from the 518, like JG3, who's impacting lives on and off the court. To learn more about Novice and their athletes, as well as all they're doing in the world of custom apparel and in the community, log on to noviceclothingcompany.com. For the Life to the Fullest podcast and the EF3 Life platform, I'm your host, Dan Jason. Make sure to follow me at EF3 Life. Keep working hard out there. Dream big and know that greatness comes from within. There's only one way to live, and that's life to the fullest.